Hey, good morning, everybody. It is so good to be here with you. I hope you're excited to be here with us this morning. Anybody here excited to be here? Half of you. Where are the other half of you at? Huh? Hey, how about a big round of applause for, our, for Aaron and the Miller Time Band? That's probably not the right name for him there. Um, I, I always enjoy picking on Aaron, and uh, I just want you to know, even though I pick on him, um, I love him dearly, and they, this whole group right here, they sounded tremendous this morning. Um, you guys would probably, I would probably prefer an encore of them as to me, but um, I think you're stuck with me. Who was that? Where'd that come from? Hey, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, I I am so thankful for the work that they do, and I'm going to actually mention them a little bit later in the service if I remember that as well, but uh, hopefully hopefully I'll get back there and I won't even forget one, uh, hopefully I remember the one I forgot earlier as well. But uh, anyway, that's that's from the first service, Um, but we'll we'll keep working at it, we'll do do well here in the second service. But anyway, I am am so thankful for the work they do, they they bring us in, and not everybody always enjoys singing, they they don't, not everybody does, I, I get that. But um, I know that I certainly do, and I enjoy, I enjoy singing with them the, uh, the job that they do in leading us. So, so, so very thankful for that. Even on a day today where uh, many of us are sad, we're a little bit sad uh, as Aaron is, this is going to be his last Sunday with us. But um, at the same time, we can rejoice and we can celebrate. And what we're looking at this morning is something that maybe we might think Aaron is a little bit of, and that's crazy. We're closing out this series called Crazy Faith, and maybe it's Aaron's faith that is crazy that is leading him to think, hey, it's time to do, it's time. there's another season, as he mentioned last week, another season in my life. And uh, Crazy Faith says, I am going to walk, I am going to step, I am going to go with God. And we are closing out this series that we have cut, titled, that we have called Crazy Faith. We are, we are closing that out today. And as we get ready to close this out, I, I just want to walk us back through where we are, where we are where we have been. And I want to remind you that it starts really with this verse right here in Hebrews chapter 11 that says, that says these words right here. Hebrews 11 chapter 1, uh, excuse me, Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1 says this. Now faith is confidence, right? Faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. So when we're talking about faith, it's this very idea that we believe something, all right, not always that we are able to see. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, you by faith trust in a risen Savior. You trust that this individual, Jesus of Nazareth, all right, was crucified, died on a cross, and rose again three days later on that morning that we celebrate as Easter Sunday morning today, right? Uh, Resurrection Sunday when we celebrate that, all right? Um, Why do we believe that? We believe that because of eyewitness accounts that were there, but we believe that by faith, all right? Um, You see, we are saved by faith that God has put into us, that God has given us, and it's that faith, all right, that allows us to take steps forward. And as we take steps forward in our faith, right, throughout this series, we've talked about crazy faith. We've talked about baby faith, all right? Actually, let me just give you crazy faith. Our definition of crazy faith is this right here. It's thoughts and actions that may seem unreasonable, but trusting fully in what you cannot explicitly prove. So when it comes to this idea of faith, it may seem unreasonable at times, but we trust, all right? And our trust is something that grows. And over this series... We have talked about that, growing faith, 
Um, week one was just the introduction to crazy faith and the idea that God was amazed by the faith of a Roman centurion and the lack of faith by those that were from his hometown. Week two was we talked about baby faith. Sometimes it just takes a little bit of baby faith, right? That mustard seed size faith. And what it will do, it'll grow if we will have faith, all right? If we, if we have faith. From there, we moved on to what we called maybe faith. And maybe faith was faith that believes, you know what? Maybe God is pushing me. Maybe God is leading me. Maybe God is directing me to do this. And I will go and do that until God shows differently. And we said at the end of that service, maybe it's just 51%. Maybe 51% in my mind I'm thinking this is right. But God, I'm going to trust that it is of you and I am going to do it. Maybe faith. And then last week we talked about this idea of wavy faith. And when we talked about wavy faith, we talked about the Peter, all right, getting out of the boat and walking to Jesus on water, right? We don't walk on water. Sometimes, as I, as I mentioned last week, we're not amazed by that because we've heard the story. But people don't walk on water, as I said last week, unless we live here in Binghamton, and then in the middle of June when it's free, no, no, no. In the winter when it's frozen, we slip on water, right? It's called ice and we don't like that. But Peter and Jesus walked on water. Wavy faith. What did it require of Peter? It required him stepping out of the boat. You've got to step out of the boat and go to where Jesus was. Wavy faith. This week we want to go one step further and we want to talk about daily faith as we close this series. Daily faith. You see, daily faith is that faith that we need to practice every day. It's work that we need to have in our lives regularly. Not that everybody sees, but rather the actions, the result, that we see the results of actions that are done in private. Daily faith. I want to use an example. Just get started with this. Um, I brought a basketball this morning. Um, just because I like basketball. Anybody else here like basketball? A handful of you. All right, there you go. We're going to play a little basketball in here. We're going to clean the room out. And we're going to just pretend hoops are up somewhere. No, but I brought a basketball because in my lifetime, um, I, I have, if, if you haven't caught this over the last uh, couple of months of me being here, I like sports. I've got issues. I, I like sports. Um, but one of the things about basketball that I like is... Um, I have played basketball for as long as I can remember. I have an older brother, and uh, my older brother is uh, seven years older than me, and he played, he played sports, played basketball on a regular basis. And playing basketball, I always had balls around me growing up. And one of the things that I did from an early age is I dribbled a basketball constantly. Uh, my sister was here in the first service, and she'll talk about this with you. She could talk to you about this too. Um, but all I did was dribble a basketball in the house. All right, it didn't matter. Outside, indoors, wherever, I just dribbled a basketball constantly. All right, and my, my sister, even, um, I, I was talking to her this morning after the service. She was there, like, because I was talking about her husband, and they started dating when she was 15, which meant I was about six or seven in that range there. I'm the youngest of five. My parents had had it by the time I came along. So, nobody else, you can't dribble in the house, but this kid, uh, uh, we give up. And I, and I, and I'm, and I understand that, right? We only have three, sometimes a third one. I give up. It's all you can do, right? So I get it. Um, but around the house, I would just dribble. 
And, and when, a, when a real basketball drove my parents' bats enough that I needed to stop, I had a Nerf basketball. Back then, they made Nerf-sized basketballs. Were, Nerf basketballs were the same size as this. And I dribbled that in the house. Every doorway that we came through in the house, any doorway that there was, that could potentially be a basket. You lay the ball up. That was really nice, Joel. That looked really good. But um, you, you take the ball up and you bounce it off the wall there, off of, off of that. Um, I even had a room out back where I put a little square on the wall and I'd go back there, dribble and shoot and just take the shot right into that. Now, what is that good for? Well, it's good for annoying people, all right? As a matter of fact, my, what I was going to say about my sister's husband, my brother-in-law, when he came over around the age of 15, uh, when he started coming over to the house, he's like, he's dribbling a ball in the house, all right? He, he still says something along those stories, and she's like, yeah, we don't know. Something's wrong with him, all right? But anyway, just the dribbling a basketball, it's constantly what I did. Uh, without, without fail, one of the things that I say about dribbling a basketball, I still say today that my kids, they can't steal it from me. My youngest one was here in the first service. He said that he was going to just come up and steal it right in the midst of the service. Fortunately, he didn't stay for the second service and come and do that to me. But basketball, what did it mean as I dribbled it? Um, it meant that as I grew and started to play sports, I could naturally dribble a basketball. And, and I could do it fairly well. I became a point guard as I was in high school. And, and you know, as you, as you develop and as you continue on, you, you, have a, you have an ability because why? Because I did it daily. It wasn't something I showed up to the night of a game and started saying, oh yeah, I think I can do this. But rather it was something that I did daily. When it comes to your faith, the same is true there. Are we able to do it daily? I look at the group up here this morning that led us in singing, that, 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 I, that we so enjoy, that I talk about that I so enjoy. Um, I don't think the first time Aaron picked up a guitar was seven years ago when this church started. As a matter of fact, um, Aaron helped us with youth group long before that, 14, 15 years ago, something like that. And I don't think then was the first time he had picked up a guitar. I would imagine a guitar might be to Aaron what a basketball is to me, probably all of his life working that, right? You have Jim over here playing the guitar. I'm willing to bet the first time Jim picked up and started playing a guitar wasn't when church started here, but rather it's been part of his daily activity in life of practicing. Glenna over on the keyboard over here, right? As she plays, you know what I know that Glenna does? She, I don't know if she still does it, but she used to teach lessons to, so that other people could learn to play piano. Why did she want to do that? Because she has a skill, but she daily develops that skill. It's not something she just walked in and did it this morning. Andrew, the same back here in the back, right? As he is playing, as he is playing, this morning's not the first time. Continue on across. You have, you have Jessie right here, right? As she's singing, she plays keyboard sometimes. Showing up here wasn't the first time she did it. Aaron, as I mentioned, Brady over here, is today the first time? No. How about back here? Jay, is that the first time he's ever sung? First time you ever played it? No, it's a lifetime of doing it. Bob, on, on the drums, learning to play the drums and doing well on that, right? Why did they do this? Because it became a daily activity. And if you're wondering, I still haven't mentioned one, right? I got to let you know, there's one up here that I just don't like, so I don't talk about him. I know it's church, you're not supposed to say that, but uh, actually I forgot him in the first service, can you believe that? But Brian over here on the guitar, right? Brian plays all sorts of different instruments, and he, and he does so well, and, it, and, it's, and it's very funny, and it's amazing. But it didn't just start by walking in this morning, right? 
It starts with a lifetime. It starts with daily practice, daily effects, doing something on a regular basis. You guys all know this. Why? Because you're good at something at your job. Hopefully you're good at something at your job, right? Um, And guess what? It may not be rocket science at your job. However, it's something that you do and you do well. And guess what? Bring me in, bring somebody else in. They're not going to do it as well as you do. Why? Because you do it daily and you are regular at it. Do I make my point well enough? I hope I do. If we want to be good at something, it's not something that we just show up on Sunday morning. Oh, Lord, I have faith. But rather, it's something that we must be doing daily in our lives, working on in our lives, so that daily I am working and my faith is growing. You know, God will meet us in the midst of those circumstances that just pop right into nowhere, right? And all of a sudden we jump and we're like, oh, oh, oh Lord, you have my attention. And he'll meet us there. But our faith can be stronger if we practice daily faith. And this morning, I want to look at a story. And the story is going to be of an individual. And uh, it's going to be of Daniel. It's one of the people that we have talked about in this series a little bit. Um, I've mentioned uh, Noah fairly regularly. I mentioned Daniel. You, you don't have faith being thrown into a lion's den, right? If, if you're familiar with the story, which most of you are, right? All of a sudden, oh, throw me in. That's a good idea. I think that's a great idea. And yet something in Daniel's life prepared him for that moment, for that time in his life. Well, Daniel chapter 6 is what we're going to take a look at. And if you have your Bibles, I'd encourage you, you can take them and you can turn there to them, to that passage. If you have your iPhone, you can turn to that. Or as I always say, your off-brand device, you can use that as well. Whatever you like. We'll also have the passages of Scripture right up here. Let me just remind you of this. As we, as we join together today, let me make sure that I say this as well to each of you that are fathers. Happy Father's Day. Um, hopefully, on this day, as you celebrate Father's Day, you will be encouraged here by those that are around you. Um, hopefully, you, uh, some of us that may struggle, if you're somebody that struggles, your father is no longer here with you, hopefully you can look back with fond memories on that. Um, and hopefully you're able to celebrate. Those of you that have your father here with you, you're able to celebrate Father's Day today. So happy Father's Day to each of you fathers here this morning. Daniel chapter 6. As we take a look at this passage of Scripture in Daniel chapter 6, I want to set this passage up for you and just let you know a little bit. Um, Daniel is an older man now. He is probably in his 70s, maybe a little bit older, but, but he is at least pushing that age here when we get to chapter 6. So he is not a young guy. But here in chapter 6, we are looking at a passage of Scripture, and Daniel's life has gone through some transition. Daniel was one that was born in Jerusalem, born back when na- the nation of Israel existed. Or I actually should say the Judah, which was the southern kingdom, existed. And Daniel was carried off in captivity all right, as a young man, as a teenager. And being carried off in captivity, that's going to become significant because we're going to look at that in a few minutes here as well. But Daniel was carried off, and he had lived through the Babylonian Empire, and he is now part of the Medo-Persian Empire. So if you're interested in history, if you like history, that's where we are in a time of history, all right? We're looking prior to the time of Christ, all right? And we're looking right through here as we go through history, the Babylonian Empire to the Medo-Persian Empire. And Daniel was right in Babylon during this time. And as we get to this passage of scripture, again, he's probably 70, maybe a little older, and he is one of the leaders in Babylon, even in this transition of the Medo-Persian Empire. They have brought him on board. However, there's one thing about him. The rest of the people, the rest of the leaders that are there working with King Darius, they don't like Daniel. And not only do they not like him, they don't want him around. This passage, chapter 6, is all about getting rid of Daniel. 
for whatever reason. All right, but they do not like him. And they reason in their minds, they come up with some ideas, how are we ever going to get rid of him? And in Daniel chapter 6, verse 5, this is what we come to with this passage of Scripture saying, Finally, these men said, We will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Wouldn't you love to have that said about you? We're not going to be able to find anything wrong about you. We're not going to be able to find anything wrong with you unless it's in your actions, unless it's in the way you behave, unless it's in your faith, unless it's in your Christianity. We can't find anything bad about you. That's what they're saying about Daniel right here. We can't find anything bad about him. So, they, so the passage continues on. So the administrators and the satraps all right, went, to, went as a group to the king and said, O King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, the perfects, um, the satraps, the advisors and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce a decree that anyone who pays the, that prays to any god or man during the next 30 days, except to you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. And the king said, hey, that's a great idea. How about 60 days instead, right? We'll go a little, no. Um, he, he, he agrees to that. He says it's a good idea. And this is how they continue on. Now, O king, as they continue forward, now, O king, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. This decree all based around the idea that we are trying to catch Daniel. And what's the thing that we are going to catch him in? Prayer. All right? And we are going to make prayer wrong. And this is how the passage continues on. Now, Daniel, in verse 10, now, Daniel, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God. What is that last line? just as he had done before. You see, daily faith takes daily involvement. It means daily being active in this process, in this, in this world, in this, in this lifetime, let me say in this life of ours, of building faith. You see, my faith in God grows when I am daily interacting with him. And if I want to have daily faith, I've got to be an individual that is willing to daily put in what it requires. Right here, they have set it up so that if he gets caught, he's going to get thrown in the lion's den. So in the midst of a life or death situation, understand that, life or death, Daniel, even though he's a hero of the faith, does not look at see and see the idea of a lion's den as something better than you or I would see jumping into a lion's den. None of us here are going to volunteer, right? None of us here, pick me, pick me, right? We're not doing that. But Daniel says, you know what? doesn't matter. Three times a day, I get down and pray, just like I always do. Daniel, don't you know you can close the window so they can't look in? Daniel, don't you know you can go down to the basement if you have a basement? Daniel, don't you know you can just kind of, as you're walking to work today, 
You can keep your head straight forward, straight forward and you can continue to pray like that, right? Daniel, you don't have to make a big scene of it. Daniel, can't you just stop doing it that way so that you can just pray? You know, the wipe your brow and pray like that so that nobody knows that I did. Driving to work, right? All good places to pray. But Daniel continues as he has always done. And I'm going to continue to pray. In the midst of life and death, Daniel says, I will continue my daily routine. Where did faith like that come? Where did, where, did, where, did the ability, where did the ability to do that, where did the discipline to do that come from in Daniel's life? Let's jump all the way back to Daniel chapter 1. Let's take a look. Where did it start at? It started at, at, the, begin, at the beginning of his life, or at least early on in his life. Remember how I mentioned that, that at the, back as a teenager, he was carried off, they were carried off in captivity, all right? And as they come, as they come right here, um, as Daniel, in Daniel chapter 6, verse 1, Daniel is this individual who is going to be carried off in captivity. Um, I'll just read a little bit of that to you here. Actually, what I'll do just to save time, I'll kind of summarize it for us a little bit. Daniel chapter 1, Nebuchadnezzar comes, he's part of Babylon, and he comes and he is going to capture, he is going to capture Jerusalem, and he is going to take some of the, more of the nation of Judah then off, and he's going to take them into captivity. Um, what we're told in, in verse 1 of chapter 1 is that God delivered them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar so that we are, know as believers, as we know as, so that we know as those who, who look at the word, that God was at work in this entire process. But Nebuchadnezzar thought he was the power, and as Nebuchadnezzar carries them off into captivity, he says, you know what? I want you to grab some of the smartest, some of the brightest, some of the best looking, some of those that are young, and I want you to bring them back, and I want you to put them in the school of Babylon. I want them to learn the ways of Babylon. I want them to, as a matter of fact, their names are going to be changed to be names that represent our God as opposed to the God of the Jews. And I want you to know that these are going to be the brightest individuals and we want them to influence others of the Jewish nation to realize, hey, Babylon, it's not so bad, right? When in Babylon, do as the Babylonians do. That's the idea as to what they wanted. They wanted them educated. Daniel was one of these individuals that was taken off in captivity. And Daniel has every, every reason, I guess, to think in his mind, well, our God was defeated by Marduk, the God of Nebuchadnezzar. Um, naturally, our God isn't worth following anymore. And I'm just a teenager. I'm supposed to live it up and do, have my best life today, today, right? And all of that good stuff. But Daniel didn't do that. You see, when they brought everything together, they said, hey, we want you to eat the king's food. Some of that meant that they would eat food that wasn't appropriate for a Jewish young man to eat. We want you to drink of the king's drinks. All right? And Daniel knew, you know what, some of that's not appropriate for us to drink as a, as a Jewish young man. We want you to get into some of the customs of, the, of what we have. And Daniel knew, no, we are not going to be part of the religion of your Babylonian culture. And in verse 8, we have this that's told to us. But Daniel. So in the midst of a situation where life has thrown him lemons, right? Where everything has gone wrong as a teenager, carried away from your homeland, now in captivity, having life changed so abruptly. But Daniel resolved in his heart. He resolved not to defile himself. You see, but Daniel resolved not to defile himself. You see, 70-year-old Daniel was built on a lifetime of teenage Daniel saying, I 
will do what God wants me to do. You see, daily faith involves daily living for God. Daily faith means that I will do what it is that God has called me to do. Um, for each one of us, we, we can word it this way for us this morning. It says, we need to be conditioned for what God might do. We need to be conditioned in our life for what God may have in store for you. We need to be conditioned in our life for what God may call us to do. And that conditioning? Training. You see, for some of us, we may work out because we realize that working out is important, right? We realize that we want to be in shape. We want to take care of ourselves. The Apostle Paul says this, um, and nothing bad about that, right? We're, when we are conditioning, we want to do daily conditioning, daily workouts, something like that. Go back to what I was talking about earlier with each of these members up here with, my, with basketball. What does it require? It requires daily work, daily task, daily involvement. And Paul says it this way, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. Rather, train yourself to be godly. For physical training uh, is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. You see, in your life and in my life, we need to be those that are willing to discipline ourselves daily to follow God. Daily faith is this. It consistently prepares in the small moments for what God might do in the big moments. Abraham Lincoln is credited with saying something along these lines right here. I will prepare and perhaps someday my chance will come. I will prepare and my chance, someday my chance may come. You know, we don't know what that chance, what that moment in our life of taking a step of faith is going to look like. We don't know when it is going to happen. We don't know when God is going to step into our lives and say, you know what? This is a moment that I have called you to change. But you know what? We can prepare for those moments, right? We can prepare today in the back rooms, getting ourselves ready, praying. Why? When no one sees, we're praying, we're studying God's word, we're memorizing, whatever it is, daily involvement in our faith. God is calling us to do that. We understand that when it comes to a lot of things that we look at out there, right? When we see others that are so good at certain things, we know that they have prepared. The Olympic trials are going on right now. That's a lifetime of prep for this moment. A lifetime of prep that if you were a sprinter, if you're uh, just a tenth of a second slower, tenth of a second slower getting out of the gate, or a swimmer, right? Anything on those seconds, right? It's amazing. Changes like that. A lifetime of preparation. How about you and I with our faith? Are we willing to, vote, to devote to God time and give it to Him? There are four areas that I want to look at just real quickly as, as we go through these that I, that I believe that we can work at in our lives and number one is this, can we, can we, can, if we want to be conditioned, we need to be individuals who are ready to talk with God. And what do I mean by that? We need to be individuals who are ready to spend time in prayer. For some of you, this is something you do every day without fail, and you may have a time and a place set up where you do it. For others of us, it may be a goal that we're there like, hey, I want to spend more and more time in prayer. For some of you, it may be, 
I don't even know how to do that. But yet it needs to become a daily activity for each one of us. No matter where we're at. Why? Because we need to talk to God. Why? Because there is a God that is there that we can depend on. And if we want to build our faith, we want to get on board with what it is that God is doing. So oftentimes, our prayers can be prayers where, God, I'm asking you to come and get on board with what I'm doing. And yet instead, daily faith would say, Lord, I want to come to you because I want to get on board with what you're doing. We need to be individuals who hear from God. How is it that we hear from God? Do you realize that we have the written word of God with us? We can carry it with us here. We can carry it with us right here. And we have the word of God with us. And all we, all we need to do is we can just open this up and we can read the word of God daily. Open this up. Read the word of God daily. If we want to hear from God, we've got to be individuals who are willing to discipline ourselves to look and hear from God. Sometimes we're more interested in the mystical voice that's out there somewhere. And Lord, I'm listening for you. And yet he's given us his word and he said, it's right here. I, I want you to read and understand and get on board with me. You see, Romans 10, 17 says, that, says these words here. Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message. And the message is heard through the word of God. Faith comes through hearing and hearing through hearing the word of God. You see, we can't have our faith growing if the only thing we are ever plugging into our minds is stuff that isn't of God. There's a lot out there that we enjoy. There's a lot of things out there, music, talk, sports, whatever it may be. But we need to be hearing from God as well through the reading, through the understanding of his word. Next thing we need to be is we need to be individuals who are willing to connect with God's people. Right here, this morning, this is one way that we do that, right? We join together as a body of believers and we come together. Why? To connect. But you know what we need to do as well? We need to follow up by connecting with believers outside of church, whether that's in a small group, whether that's in your family, whether that's building in your family this idea of faith. Continue to meet together as believers, but also instill more so that who are we being influenced by? I was just talking to somebody this week about that very idea. Who is it that is influencing you? We have so many options for influence, right? Think about that again. You have your phone. There are so many options for influence just from your phone. We want that personal walk. Why? Because personal walk right out here, there is somebody that is further ahead in their faith walk than you are. Join up with them. You know why? Because I have yet to meet that person that's further ahead of me in my faith walk that looks back and mocks me. But rather, I see, because if they're mocking you, let me help you out, they're not further ahead of you in your faith walk. But those that are ahead of you, they will look back and they will be there. They're willing to bring you along, help you along, always. People around you, they will build into your lives just as you have the ability to build into their lives. There are people there. Build into them. Not only do we need to connect. Um, actually, there's a verse. Let me, let me read this. Hebrews says, Hebrews says these, and let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. See, that's the idea that I'm just talking about right there. And uh, continues on to say, not giving up the meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching, right? The writer of Hebrews knew that, that we needed to be individuals that are there pushing forward. We need to be individuals who are connecting with others. And finally, we need to be individuals who are ready to serve. Are you ready to serve? Are you ready to serve God's people? Are you ready to serve in ministry? That may mean serving here at this church. It may mean being involved in a ministry right here and serving, right? 
It may mean serving your family. Ooh, that's not a good idea, right? Especially my siblings. Do you know some of them? Right? Um, the, yeah, some of you have the same ones. My siblings are great, actually. So, but, um, but serving, it means serving. Sometimes family, and what do you know? You know, family, we don't want to serve one another. How can I, how can I do that? It may mean serving in your community, helping in your community, in the name of Jesus Christ, serving and helping others, and helping others. Talk with God. Hear from God through reading the scripture. Connect with God's family. Join together with other believers and be built up together. Serve God. Go and serve. I believe that if we can start putting those things into our daily life, you will see your daily faith continue to grow. We've looked at this idea of crazy faith, and this is the final week of this, of this series, Crazy Faith. But I just want to ask, I want to encourage you. I, I hope you've been encouraged, I should say it that way, in your faith, in your faith walk. How is it going for you? Are you seeing that steps moving forward? I want to close with this this morning. Seven, seven years ago, right? You've heard that term a couple of times, and it's never good when you hear it. But seven years ago, there was a church started here, and that was started really as a step of faith by Aaron, by Pastor Barry, by a handful of others that joined along and said, hey, let's come along together. A step of faith. Some may have thought crazy faith at that time for something to start at Conklin. So that why? So that lives could be changed. And we say thank you to those individuals. And this morning we say thank you to Aaron for the work that he has done in that and bringing those steps and walking us forward. And some of us, what? Our faith has been strengthened as a result of that. And it's not a result of just showing up on Sunday mornings and looking good up front, but rather it's a result of working behind the scenes during the week. It's a result of putting in daily faith that has brought the rest of us to a place where we can come, where we can worship, where we can have our faith grow, where we can hopefully see our faith become crazy faith. Pray with me if you would, please. As we get ready to close our time together this morning, I just want to encourage each one of you in, in your walk, in your life, in your steps. You see, some of us are further along the walk than others, and that's the grace of God. And yet all of us, we do have a next step in our faith. We need to continue to walk forward. And I pray this morning, that this series of messages and that this message this morning may encourage you forward in your life and in your faith. What is the next step that you need to take? Each one of us needs to start looking to strengthen our faith daily through prayer, through reading God's word, through connection with other believers, and through serving those that are around us. As we close our time together, we do want to say thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Lord, I pray your blessing upon each one that is here this morning. I pray that you would bless and encourage them. 
I ask, Lord, that you would encourage us in our, in our walk with you. Lord, may we be individuals to see our faith grow in you because you are worthy of all of us, Lord. You are worthy of all of our lives. May we follow you. So, Lord, on this group here, I pray that you might bless them. I pray that you might encourage them. Lord, I pray that we may realize that we serve a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or even imagine through the name of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray.